Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I like talking. This week, we talk about meaning and how humans apply meaning to nothing. This was inspired by a friend that I've recently made. He's a farmer. Not really, but I like to call him a farmer because he studies agriculture and I don't know, just he, he, he does want to do farming stuff in general. He, agriculture, farming, you know, nuance is not welcome in the field of humor. Okay, more on him and his relevance to this uh, episode in a moment. Before we get to his story, I want to tell a different story, one that uh, if you're into philosophy and whatnot, you've probably heard before, but who doesn't want to hear it from my wonderful voice, Sisyphus. Sisyphus is a story of a mortal man who decided to go against the gods, or at least trick them and play around with them a bit. He was the first king of Etheria. The dude was a tyrant, and the gods were not a fan of him. So Zeus stole a river nymph. The reason is that Zeus stole a river nymph. And when I say the gods, it was mostly Zeus. Zeus wasn't happy with him. Zeus stole a river nymph named Aegina. Aegina's father, who is the river god, was not too happy about his daughter getting taken by the Mr. God of Lightning. So the river god then followed Zeus to Athera, which where he found Sisyphus. The river god found Sisyphus and asked Sisyphus where Zeus had taken his daughter. Sisyphus agreed to tell him on the condition that the river god created a spring within his city, Athera. So when Zeus found out how Sisyphus tattled on him, he got pretty upset. Zeus is not exactly known for his patience and calm equanimity. He's kind of known for being a petty dude. So Zeus was pretty upset about being tattletailed on. So before being bound, uh, or nope, skipped a little bit. So Zeus, uh, yeah, when Zeus figured this out, he ordered Thanatos, who is better known today by his colloquial name, Death. Uh, anyways, uh, Zeus ordered Thanatos to uh, chain Sisyphus to the underworld. Uh, I, I don't know what I wrote. I said Cain, and I think I meant chain, but I don't know. It could have been anything. Uh, but yeah, he asked Thanatos to take Sisyphus to the underworld and chain him there. However, Sisyphus was a pretty cunning dude. So before being bound, Sisyphus asked Thanatos, how do these chains work, the ones that he was going to be bound by. Once it was explained to him, because Thanatos was like, ah, oh, no one ever really asked, thank you so much for asking, here's how they work, Sisyphus, after, being, after learning how they work, was quickly able to turn the chains onto Thanatos and bound Thanatos instead. Sisyphus then made his way back to the land of the living, back to the overworld, as we'd say in Minecraft. Now, since Thanatos, death, was stuck in a bunch of chains, no one could die, because death was stuck. So the world uh, kind of started burning itself, you know, similar to now without the whole no one being able to die thing, really. So, yeah, no one could die and they just war was like infinite. So Ares, uh, the, the god of war, uh, thought, man, war is really not fun if no one dies, huh? He proceeded to free Thanatos from the chains that Thanatos was stuck in. Sisyphus knew death would be coming for him. So he made the big brain decision to ask his wife to throw him out the window into the city center. He then washed up the river of Styx and approached Persephone, the queen of the underworld. To her, he, he complained that his wife hadn't given him a proper burial and just threw him out of the window. Crazy stuff, right? Why would she do that? Persephone then granted Sisyphus the permission to go back to the overworld once more and punish his wife 
for not granting him a burial, the condition being that he would then return to the underworld once his deed or job or whatever was done in the overworld. So we know, of course, about Sisyphus. Of course, he didn't come back. He did not come back to the underworld. And having tricked the gods two times, first Thanatos and then Persephone, Zeus was not happy with this. So he had Hermes drag Sisyphus back to Hades. Sisyphus had a simple task as his punishment, to push a boulder up a mountain. However, every time he would get close to the top of the mountain, the boulder would fall all the way back down the mountain. And for the rest of eternity, to this day, Sisyphus is pushing that boulder up that mountain. And this, kids, is why we have day and night. Not really on the last part, but yes, he had to push a boulder forever, and I'm sure he's still enjoying that. Now, this is an absurd punishment, but it relates to a lot of people these days. There are a number of people that live their lives going to a job they don't like and doing it day in and day out, constantly pushing the boulder up until the clock strikes five and starting it all over tomorrow when the clock strikes nine. And this story of Sisyphus is a common story used and brought up when we look at the philosophy of absurdism, a take on life that says everything we do, getting up every morning just to live and suffer is absurd, that there is no meaning. It follows with nihilism. It's within that umbrella. We are pushing that boulder up the mountain every day, and there's no reason or rhyme to it. And this absurdity goes further when we realize that unlike Sisyphus, we can quit our jobs. We can choose a different path in life. The boulders that we push up, we can just stop pushing. We can just stay in bed. We can do whatever we want to. Assuming we go forward with nihilism and even after religion, even after all the philosophies, even after everything, life has no meaning. The universe doesn't care about you and what you want from the universe, meaning, order, a path forward. The universe will laugh at you. A popular proponent of this existentialist way of thought was Albert Camus. This dude was pretty cool. In one of his famous works, The Myth of Sisyphus, Albert Camus writes about how, although like we said a second ago, this is absurd and it is a futile action for Sisyphus to push the boulder up the mountain every single, constantly, not really every day. I don't know how long it takes him to push the boulder. But, you know, this action that has no end regardless of how hard you try Camus compares this to the human condition, to life and to living. But here's a twist that he adds to the story. What if we imagine Sisyphus happy? What if we imagine that Sisyphus in his futile situation is okay with his entire situation, with his actions, with rolling the rock up the mountain, turning the day and night cycle? Camus says that the point is not to eliminate absurdity. You cannot find the divine meaning in the world. You cannot attempt to make your actions seem anything more than futile because that is not something you can find. There is no meaning and there never will be meaning in pushing a boulder up a mountain just for it to roll down the hill again. No matter how hard you try to find meaning, no matter how hard you look, you will not find some ethereal divine being that says this is the purpose of your actions. I mean, if God comes to you and tells you that, well, that would be interesting. But in general, that's not what we find. We don't find any eternal meaning. And no one really has the credibility, not credibility, is it credibility? No one has the ability or the credibility, whatever, to tell you what something means in life. So if someone else says, oh, pushing the boulder up the mountain means 
keeping the day and night cycle going and continuing the universal pain of every single living thing on the planet and the universe. So <laughs> if someone says that, you can just throw their opinion away because that's all it is. It's an opinion. It's, it's, if, if that's what they think, great for them. But it, that, that's not the real, official, everyone can believe this meaning. Some people can just not believe that. Some people don't want to, and they have the capacity to do that just fine. Because again, there is no great thing of meaning. There's nothing in the universe that says this is meaning, this is the purpose of everything, and everyone follows that. That doesn't exist. So you cannot find divine meaning within the world. You you cannot attempt to make your actions seem anything more than futile. It's just not going to happen. It's not something you can find. Camus then writes, quote, The struggle itself towards the heights is enough to fill a man's heart, end quote. It is not the action itself that will give you fulfillment. It is the roses along the way. It is the mere act of living that is enough to be fulfilled. There need not be a point. You just push the boulder up the mountain over and over and over again until one day you don't feel like it. Now, the meaning in nothing. This is where we bring human into it. Humans want meaning regardless. Even if there is no meaning, even if we can say, oh, nothing means anything, and and no one ever told me uh, some divine meaning. So humans, regardless of that fact, want to find meaning. They must. Their brain needs it. People die over this. People think for their entire life about what all of this means. And I've said on this podcast, the cool thing uh, about there being no meaning in life is that we get to choose meaning in life. So that dude that said the universe perpetuating itself or whatever, to him, that's meaning. And that's great. He found his own. And that's wonderful. No one can tell him he's wrong and he can't tell anyone else he's right. That's sick. Okay. Within that, within the absurd, we can find things to enjoy and care about things. We get to choose those things. And no one can tell us otherwise unless it affects them directly. So my friend now, uh, he took a year off of college and popped himself over to Puerto Rico. While there, he was farm hopping. Uh, He saw a girl with a surfboard twice her size and they chatted over a pineapple and some rainwater. Her name was Leah. One of the farmers ran a cacao farm. Chocolate, not cocoa, which is cocaine. Cacao, chocolate. At least that's what I was told. I mean, you know, You never know with him. Uh, The farmer and Leah weren't seeing eye to eye on something, and my friend took Leah's side. He told me that it was his first friend since he'd gotten to Puerto Rico, and, you know, you agree with your friends. Anyways, uh, after the the spat between Leah and the farmer, uh, just like they did in the olden days of train hopping, you know, back in the good old Wild West, uh, my friend and Leah headed westward looking for gold. Oh, hold on, hold, hold on, accidentally switched to a history book. I'm not looking for gold. Uh, Okay. All right. Right script. All right. We're back. They headed westward towards a place called Rincon, which my friend has heard tales of. He heard it was a mythical and magical place where unicorns still existed and T-Rexes can be ridden like elephants. Once they got to the next farm, again, they were farm hopping. He didn't really have a a living quarters. He kind of just lived wherever the farmer let him live. Uh, once they got to the next farm, not the chocolate farm, uh, they were met with a Carabaris, a three-headed dog that guards the gates of Hades. Yeah, it's great how the story coincides with our earlier one about Sisyphus, isn't it? 
Uh, anyways, this is all a true story, of course. So yeah, he really, really legitimately met the Care Bears. He saw a three-headed dog that wanted to kill him. The Care Bears didn't much seem to like Leah. She was a lively young woman and didn't belong in the underworld. My friend, however, well, he had cigars for breakfast, so he was on his way, you know, he was on his way down to the to the underworld anyway, so the Care Bears didn't mind him as much. Anyways, their working ground was a 10-minute hike down a mountain to their living slash camping grounds, so they had a lovely time hauling their luggage up and down the mountain over and over. Just like Sisyphus, huh? My friend, who was in Puerto Rico trying to find something in life, he was trying to figure out why he pushed the boulder up the mountain every day. That's why he went to Puerto Rico. That's why he took a year off college. He wanted to figure it out. The absurdism got to him, and he wanted to find meaning. Again, humans want to find meaning. It's very hard to accept that there is no meaning and live life with that idea. Because what do you, you know? What do you do? You know, you're four steps off enlightenment at that point, and no one's going to take those four steps. So he wanted to figure it out. What is what does this all mean? What's the point? Why do I do everything I do? So that's why he went. Uh, so my friend who's trying to, you know, he was in Puerto Rico to find something in life. He was trying to figure out why he pushed that boulder up the mountain. I just read that uh, a different mountain than the one he had to hike to get to work, of course. Uh, anyways, whenever you're trying to find yourself, uh, you usually have late night conversations. You stay up late at night and talk to whoever the F and crap will listen. If that's God, then it's God. But luckily he had a friend. So him and Leah would talk about life and meaning and absurdity throughout the moon's time in the sky. Now, obviously, if you're a young man or woman and you decide to take a random trip to Puerto Rico, it's because something went wrong somewhere. So both my friend and Leah had both gone through some garbage and they talked about that garbage. They, they talked about life and absurdity and everything else I just said a second ago. So, uh, you know, that's what you do, right? I mean, you know, just take a trip off to a U.S. territory, island, I was going to say another country, but I guess it's not another country. It is it, technically America. You don't need a passport to go to Puerto Rico. Fun fact. You know, like, literally, it can take, like, a plane from Florida, don't go to Florida, a plane from Florida to Puerto Rico is like 12, 50 miles or something. Like, it's not very far, honestly. Maybe you could swim there. I don't know if that's a good idea. Anyways, uh, they, you know, so they both had gone through some things to end up in Puerto Rico. So they wanted to, you know, they talked about that garbage. And after they both shared their cliche, sad, crappy backstories, like Rick from Rick and Morty or Bruce Wayne from, uh, I don't know, Gotham or something. Uh, after they both shared their deep, dark secrets, they were sharing the ground with centipedes, my friend told me. And I thought that is horrifying. Uh, and other extraterrestrial creatures that should probably not exist on this planet. I take back the probably absolutely should not exist on this planet. My eyes look so weird. It's like the lights glaring off my glasses in a very specific way. That or I didn't clean them well enough. And like my left eye just looks like it's a lazy eye or it's just dying. So while uh, they were out there talking about life while centipedes rolled around outside of them, even thinking about that horrifies me. Uh, Leah pulled out a pecan out of thin air. Uh, again. All of this is a true story. Leah, Leah pulled out a pecan out of thin air and gave it to my friend. A pecan, a pecan, pecan, whatever you want to call it. Uh, pecan reminds me more of a bird. Isn't there a bird called a pecan? I think so. Is that the one with the really colorful beaks? I don't know. Anyway, she told him the pecan, the pecan has fallen from a tree or had, not has, had fallen from a tree in her grandmother's backyard and it reminds her of home and her grandmother who had more or less raised her. 
Now, although it, this seems incredibly special, it may be worthwhile to say Leah had multiple pecans. So, you know, usually we think, oh, wow, she had this one pecan that reminded her. No, she, she, had, a, she had a couple. Uh, so, so it's not like she passed down a family heirloom, but she gave a pecan, actually two, I think, to, to my friend. That, that's as much of the story that I'll, that I'll share here. I, I'm trying to write a fictional, you know, going-to-be-narrated story on the narration channel. <laughs> I know you love hearing about that. Uh, I'm trying to write one of those right now with his help uh, based on this. Um, it's not really good right now, so I'm probably going to throw it all away and start over. It's probably going to have like three or four drafts. It's going to suck. Uh, it's going to take a while to write that one because the creative, like I have an idea. I, I know it can be something, but I don't know what it can be, if that makes sense. But yeah, that, that's, that's all we share here. Uh, that pecan, in all honesty, means absolutely nothing. It, it's a goddamn pecan, all right? It's a nut, okay? It doesn't do anything. Yeah, Leah kept multiple pecans as a reminder of home. My friend keeps that pecan in his backpack, one of them in his backpack, as a reminder of his time and self-exploration in Puerto Rico. It's not about the pecan. It, it, it's, it's, you know, but the, the, I can't talk right now. It's not about the pecan. The pecan is merely a physical reminder of a moment that mattered. The pecan is one of the roses along the mountain that my friend is rolling a boulder up. That's his mountain. Another example of this is actually my necklace. Uh, if you uh, listen on the YouTube, you, you might have saw, seen the thumbnail, and there's probably an arrow pointing to this necklace saying, what does this mean? There's also probably a, pe the, a pecan on the, on the thumbnail. So, uh, uh, where, where is it? Uh, yeah, so this necklace has meaning to me. Uh, there's a reason I wear it the way that I wear it, uh, you know, like this weird, like, leash-looking thing. Uh, and uh, short, long story short, someone died. It reminds me of them. But, you know, I, you know it does matter to me, it, or it means something to me. Uh, the, the necklace itself, as I'm about to say right here, uh, if I lost this necklace, I would not be too phased. Like, I'd be okay. I'd probably just buy another one on Amazon. Like, actually, I have another one. Let's, let's... My COVID vaccine card. Remember those bad boys? Anyways, yeah, I have another one. This one's significantly longer, but but I do have, uh, I do have another another one of these necklaces. If you listen to the Devil's Confession story, uh, if you heard the sound of the rosary dropping, it was actually the sound of this necklace. I I, I use this to to make my own sounds, which I realize I'm probably going to need to do more of to get the sounds I want. Uh, but yes, uh, I I have another one. It's not the necklace. That matters. It, it's what the necklace represents. It's what the necklace means. It's what the necklace reminds me of. That really matters. Uh, again, I'm maybe I'm a little bit of a minority there because I'm a minimalist and I'm the, like having things is already a bit rough for me. So having like losing things, it, you know, it happens to the best of us. Whatever. I'm also not you know vairagya and everything. Not Viagra vairagya. Haven't said that on the podcast in a while. Sanskrit for detachment. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I have another one. It's not about the necklace. It's about what the necklace means. The necklace is, you know, not really anything. However, in that, yeah, the necklace is nothing. However, in that nothing, I find meaning. And I think that's something really cool. And that's something that means something to me. When anyone else sees it, they just think I'm weird and quirky. Uh, but that's, that's fine. That's, that's also awesome and cool, right? Uh, life may be absurd, and the pecan, my necklace, the carabaris, they may all be absurd, 
especially that Care Bears. But if you believe that they represent something, if you believe that they hold something, then that's enough, right? That you don't need anything else. However, it is important to remember it's not the thing. It's what God is there. I've tried not I've tried to not say it this entire episode, but yes, fine, fine. It's not the destination, it's the journey. There, I said it, I hope you got dang happy, okay? Uh, anyways, no, no music. Uh, I watched more. I watched one more episode of The Classroom of the Elite within my entire break. I'm recording this on the last day of my break and will be editing it on the last day of my break. I have an exam on Tuesday, so that sucks, but then my lab class is over, which is cool. Uh, where, where else are we? Yeah, there's a narration up by the time you're watching this, uh, maybe two, uh, because actually maybe four, uh, cause I want to do three short stories and, and just throw them in a compilation and put them up. So that's going to be out on, uh, well, this episode comes out on Friday and if you watch the video version, it comes out on Monday. So uh, it was out last week. Uh, Yeah. And one of those stories is, is really good. Uh, it's about 40 minutes. It's a longer one. It's called He Who Wanders. This is one of the most popular stories on uh, creepypasta. Yeah, and then, then we have some other ones. But I really hope if you do listen to narrations, if you don't listen to narrations, uh, He Who Wanders is a, a very good story. And I really, really, I, I like that story. I think my narration on that one was was good because i've heard like one or two other people narrate like one person else on youtube narrate it and honestly i don't think i don't think they did the the story as much justice as i believe it deserved so i went ahead and uh, i sent the author an email because it's on creepypasta so i can't send him a dm on creepypasta.com Took me a little bit to find his email. Honestly, I had to do a lot of Google searching. But I found his email, sent him the email, said, hey, can I narrate your thing? He, he got back to me and said, uh, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, it may be important or it may be something you want to know, but other people have narrated it already if that's important to you. And I said, yeah, I've seen some of them, but I'd like to see what I can do with it. So uh, I'll get back to you with the link. So I'll finally be able to give him the link on uh, Tuesday or Thursday. Um, last week, again, this is already out when you're listening to this. So, yes. Go listen to that story. If you are driving somewhere, that is a 40-minute commute or 20-minute commute, and you can pause it halfway through, I guess. Uh, but yes, that's all this episode. Thank you for listening uh, that, to this episode of Seriously Funny. I will talk at you next week. Weech? Next week. Much love. Try, don't try to find meaning. Peace.